Hey everybody, good morning and welcome back to the Inspired Action Life podcast. I'm your host Karen Baldridge and I've been away for just a little bit on a hiatus, sort of regathering my direction in not only my life and career, but sort of you know, focusing in on some new projects that I've been having in the background, cooking up, but didn't want to launch them out there. And it's just taken some time and it's taken some mental focus. And I really want anything that I put out there to be from a place of authenticity and not just developing for the sake of developing a business. So whenever I put out a podcast, it usually is something that is extremely authentic, like a message download or whatever you want to call it, a divine inspiration or inspired action, which is why I named my coaching practice Inspired Action, because I truly, truly hold to that, that I always want anything that I tell you to be something that is either something I have lived through or an inspiration download or some kind of higher understanding that I have received that I feel like could be beneficial to anyone who listens to my podcast. And I'm still a huge believer that if you're meant to hear a message that things just sort of move out of the way and line up for you to hear a message. So some of that has already happened for people who have found my podcast. And some of them admittedly are people that know me and are just going, okay, what's she podcasting about? Of course. But then some have kind of stumbled upon me. And, um, I am hugely appreciative of that and excited because you know what? I have found podcasts and people that I was probably meant to find and to hear and to be inspired by um, just by accident, just because the stars have lined up. So please always leave room for the possibility of I don't know what you want to call it, but divine appointments or magic or just alignment. There's always a reason. So nothing just happens. Just it doesn't. There's always a purpose for things that happen to you. There are no coincidences, or at least that is my belief. And in the way that my life has come together, I know that that is true. At least in my world, that is completely true. So this message today is something that is very near and dear to my heart because I am this situation that I'm about to talk to you about. It is an embodiment of who I am, but who I am evolving to maybe let go of this part of my personality, but also learning to live with her because this part of me brings a lot of... um compassion for people and empathy for people and a greater understanding of of people but really it can be to an unhealthy tilt for me um in a lot of my life it has been very unhealthy because i've let this sort of get the best of me so here's what it is that we're going to be talking about today because i know a lot of you can relate to this even if you don't admit it out loud it is what I'm calling the people-pleasing paradigm and finding my purpose. Okay, so I know that I know that I know I'm not alone in this. 
And what is so funny is I saw the funniest meme. Well, okay, it probably wouldn't be funny to you if you're not a people pleaser. But to me, I literally LOL'd. Okay, so I laughed out loud when I saw this. I mean, it's a very basic meme, but it was um, like a, um, you, if you look on my Instagram page, you will see it at Inspired Action Coach. But anyway, it's so funny. It's, a, it's like a sketch, like a cartoon sketch of, of this, you know, a cartoon girl or whatever. And it says, the many faces of people pleasing. And then it has a sketch of this same girl with the same expression on her face for all these different emotions. Happy, same face. Sad, same face. Dying inside, same face. Anxious, same face. Worried, same face. It's like the happy, shiny face on the outside, but inside she has like this whole range of emotions, like anything ranging from happy and excited to, oh my God, I am dying of embarrassment. I am dying of fear. I am, you know, suffering inside, but you would never know why. Because she's got a nice little shiny smile on her face. Yep, that's me. Always, always, always has been me. And still, even to this day, it's still me, but to a lesser degree. Because, you know, there's, there's an authenticity inside me, but I never felt the ability to be able to connect and, and make anyone else feel uncomfortable because of my emotions. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't want anyone to feel, you know how, okay, you know how there's people in your life who are really moody, okay? There's all, it takes all kinds for the world to go around. I'm not picking on the moody people, even though I have a husband who's moody, so I can pick on him sometimes, and you guys have heard about, you know, through different episodes of my podcast that he's kind of always the foil for a lot of my stories, but that's because most of my time is spent with him. So understand that, that, but he teaches me a lot in his many differences from me because he's he's so different from me, right? So um, he's exposed a lot of what my weaknesses are and I get so mad at him in the, in the, you know, real time. But as I look back, I have learned a lot from the balance between the both of us because he has no problem showing his emotions. If he's irritated, angry, moody, mad at something else, he'll just kind of, you know, be so grumpy and grouchy to me or whatever. And I absorb all that because usually when you're a people pleaser, you're also what they call an empath. But that's another podcast altogether. Excuse me, but an empath would be somebody who absorbs everyone's emotions. They're good or they're bad and goes on that journey with them. Even if nothing has happened to them, they'll be like, oh no, you know, like they're worried. Oh my God, I'm worried too. I feel so anxious because I'm absorbing their anxiety, you know, instead of being able to healthily separate myself from other people's emotions, somehow I go along on that journey with them. Sadness, excitement, whatever. So it's good when it's exciting because I'm a really supportive friend because I'm like, yeah, that's so awesome. You know, and I get truly authentically excited. So I'm like the best person to share good news with because I am jacked. I am so excited when you tell me exciting things. I go right on that journey with you. But I also go on a journey when your emotions are on a downturn. I feel those and I wear those emotions, especially with your family. So we're going to touch on momhood here 
in as part of this episode because that's when things really get exposed about, you know, people pleasing and doing everything for everyone else, but then you end up the most unhappy in the group. So you know how you're only as happy as your least happy child, so they say? Well, they're right. Whoever said that is correct. You are. When they are sad or feeling depressed or feeling worried or feeling neglected or whatever, you know, disenfranchised or cheated or whatever by friends or life in general, you feel that so deeply. Okay. So that's, again, that could be another spinoff podcast about empathy, but let's try and keep it together. I know I'm the one going down these rabbit holes. So sorry for that, but to keep it on the, on the narrow path of people pleasing, what I have found out about my journey with people pleasing is this, that you don't always have to be making sure that everyone else is comfortable and happy. You always really need to consider, am I comfortable and happy? Because people pleasers don't do that. And we take that throughout our lives and then we feel upset and angry and hurt or depressed or devalued or, you know, we build up a whole confidence conundrum as time goes on when we're so busy doing the right thing to make everyone else happy. It starts in childhood when you try to do all the right things to make your parents happy and you don't want to get them all riled up and upset with you and Um, so sometimes you might get a little sassy with them, of course, and I'm not saying that doesn't happen or didn't happen with me because of course I, that did happen, but, um, but you wear the scars, like the battle scars, you carry those along with you when you know that, um, you were always trying to meet certain levels so that everyone else would be happy. And when we would go along your life, you, you continue to do things that check the box and make everyone else feel happy around you or feel like, okay, um, well, I'll bring Karen along with me because she makes me, um, she'll level out the playing field here or she'll, she'll just go along with anything or, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm not saying that always happened to me with friends, but where it really got exposed is in my career life. So we're going to kind of fast forward to, all right, we made all the decisions. We did everything that our parents wanted us, right? Because let's face it, a lot of times when we go to college, we major in things that make our parents feel happy or make them feel um, like we picked a, you know, we made a good choice with our career life and that we have hope of being successful, et cetera, et cetera. So we do all things to keep them happy that they did a good job raising us. Basically, let's, you know, I'm just kind of keeping that real. But where it really comes to light is in your work life, in your career, and in motherhood, and in marriage, or a relationship, not necessarily marriage, but whatever kind of um, long-standing relationships that you have, where there has to be a give and take between the two of you. Because what really I saw that happened was this. As I looked back and understood that, oh my gosh, I am literally a toxic people pleaser upon my awakening, and we'll talk about my awakening, I look back on my career. And the funny thing about 
what I noticed is whenever there would be a time where maybe I didn't perform up to what I thought that I should have, or I didn't meet an expectation that not only did I have for myself, but maybe I didn't exceed or meet an expectation that was put in place for my job, I would panic. I would absolutely panic. And then I would, I would cut and run. I would find all these reasons to not be at that job anymore because I could not take the fact that they didn't love everything that I was doing, (laughs) that I wasn't like the best in the room or the best at what I did and didn't receive, you know, um, good positive feedback for that. Or even if they didn't say anything bad, but I thought that secretly they were thinking that that was rejection and I wasn't pleasing them. And so I just couldn't help them feel now listen to this, get, get how I process this. I would step out of the way just so they wouldn't have, oh my God, this is so embarrassing to say. I would step out of the way, out of the position, just so my boss or my you know, supervisor or whoever wouldn't have to have an uncomfortable conversation with me about, hey, you didn't meet this metric or you didn't meet this marker for me or whatever it was. And so, yes, I did this. I would find a reason to either pivot and find a different job or leave and say, okay, I never wanted to be working anyway because by this point in time, I already had kids. And I was already on this great career trajectory until I decided to start a family. So in my mind, what did I do? Well, I had to be a good mom. So I just stopped working, which again, do I regret that? No, I, the stay home mom thing fit me like a glove. I had so much fun and I still have fun, you know, doing that. It's fun. And I'm really good at that job, but I really wanted to be really good at every single job that I did. And I wasn't sure that I could be good at both. So I quit that job. Okay. So we did that. And then I stayed home until, um, all of my kids were, you know, like very small, even all in diapers, really, for one point in time, they were all in diapers. And then I had an opportunity to jump back into the workforce. It was like a dream job. Like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I get to work. It was a friend of mine that I, that I knew um, <clears throat> that was taking on a vice president role in a, in a company that was an a up-and-coming American version of a Swedish company. So, hey, I needed some work for like a a contract work for like doing what my degree was in, which was public relations. So will you come on board? It was like one of those offers that you couldn't refuse, right? So, I mean, it was amazing. What an amazing offer coming out of like, basically I've been on lockdown for, I don't know, four years now. I haven't been in the workforce and then to get served up this kind of opportunity, how could I refuse? And so I could work part-time from home, whatever. So I had this opportunity of a lifetime. Well, of course, because I am a paralysis of analysis, people pleaser, you know, to the nth degree, 
Well, you know, everything was going good. It was such a great, oh my gosh, I loved that job. I felt so excited doing that job and just everything was very, just so exciting. Well, then there was another, there was another situation that came up that maybe it didn't turn out. There was a, I don't know what, what the exact specifications were, but there was just something that didn't meet all the way up to standards or there was a detail that was left out, um, preparing for like a big show that we were going to. And I should have locked down that detail. I panicked. So, okay, here I am again. I found myself where I wasn't perfect and I just couldn't put my friend through keeping somebody on the payroll with her that she brought in and not be perfect. So what did I do? I ran back to my safe space. Okay, well, I don't want you to have to be uncomfortable with me or my performance. So I'll just, I'll just excuse myself out and you can find somebody else to replace me. This freaking prime, perfect job at that time for me, it was such a perfect job. It had the flexibility. It had exciting content. It was, it lent itself to big creativity since it was kind of like a newer developed company in America. And it was just so exciting. Everything, all the high points were there. It's the most magical job I could have asked for. But no, of course, my paralysis took over again and I cut and I run. I ran from that situation. I ran back home to be the perfect mom again because I loved being a mom. That's comfortable. I'm awesome at it. I'm very detail oriented. I'm super creative, super, you know, enthusiastic. And I I just, I love it. It's fun. But I also loved that. So I left all that career development opportunity, perfect opportunity on the table. And I ran back to safety where no one could judge me. Okay. So, cause I didn't want to be judged because I didn't want anyone around me who hired me to feel uncomfortable. Like, Oh, I made such a bad selection hiring you, which they didn't. I mean, obviously I'm very conscientious. If anything, I'm over the top conscientious. I will always give a hundred percent effort. So if, if I ever get hired for something, you have me at a hundred percent. I would never, ever purposely let you down because that is my personality because of course I'm a people pleaser. All right. So now I'm wearing the scars of two jobs that were great opportunities, great job, you know, trajectories for me that then left the scars of me cutting and running. So here's, here's the scars that they left. Now I feel like a failure. I feel nervous to ever jump back into another job and take a chance because now what if I fail them and I don't want to work for a friend because what if I let them down or make them feel embarrassed that they brought me up or you know what I'm saying? I'm worried about them. I'm never even worried about me. And then the other scar is my husband is like, what, what are you doing? Like, what are you like jumping in and out of jobs like this? What in the world, (laughs) you know? While he did like that I stayed home with the kids and, you know, and knew that our kids were being fully attended to and um, having full experiences in life because I provided everything possible because I loved that job too. Okay, so I loved it. But I also knew that if I let my career trajectory die, it would die 
on the vine. I mean, I wasn't going to be, there was going to come a point where I wasn't going to be able to resurrect it. So I knew that in the back of my mind and I would just like die a thousand deaths. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I didn't want that to die, but I didn't know how to keep it alive because people pleasing had ruined I mean, because you have to please a boss, right? But I was doing it in the wrong way. I was totally taking it to another level. I wanted my boss to never be uncomfortable or because of me. You know what I'm saying? So I took it upon myself to never let my boss ever be uncomfortable in my presence because I wanted my work. Perfect, 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 buttoned up, perfect, 100% all in. And sometimes that's the best attribute that you can have for an employee is that they are dialed in 100% ready to kick butt in that job. And so, of course, I meet all those metrics. I'm the perfect transferable skills employee because never would I ever want you to be upset with me or my work. And I care very much about my brand. I care very much about my skill set. I care very much about that. But for whatever reason, I cared even more about making everybody else comfortable and happy. So yeah, so that was like two jobs in that I essentially sabotaged myself. So then you go a few more years and then I um, jumped back into the same company that I started out with, with my promising career. And I did it again. I, I lived, I worked there for two years. I was able to have some flexibility. Perfect job for me. Perfect. I mean, in terms of the the intangibles of the job. It had a lot of flexibility. I knew my content. I was very good at it. I was, it's a very client facing situation and, um, client service role. Perfect for me, connecting with clients. Um, I cared very much about the quality of work that my clients received from me and the attention to detail of their account, all of that. All that I cared very much. But once again, these were friends that had um, put some confidence and faith in me and brought me on board and hired me to, to do this job. And I did it well. And then we had this whole situation where <clears throat> there was a restructuring of our company. We had some weird competitor situation trying to take over some of our accounts. And some of my accounts went to the competitor even though I thought we had them locked down. And I was told time and time again, we had them locked down. They went to a competitor. I was horrified, horrified, <laughs> horrified that that happened. I mean, I can't explain to you how horrified I was by that. What do you think I did? What do you think I did? Yep. <sighs> yep. I did exactly what you think that I did. Yep. I cut and ran. Again, I did that. Yes, I did. Um, because, again, these were friends that I had a great deal of respect for that were like directly my supervisors. And they put a lot of faith in me. And I felt like I had let them down, even though I could have never known that was going to happen. And ultimately, it, it wasn't because of anything I did. It was a money issue that the other companies were asking less payment than, than what we were you know, offering. So <clears throat> there you go. I did it again. I couldn't, they're like, no, I mean, it's not you. It was me. And I was just like, I couldn't separate myself from that, that that had happened. So I left 
yeah, I left again. But I talked myself into this time is, which starts to open up into the story that I'm, you know, into the new part of my life that I'm getting at right now, which is how I came to this new awakening. I said, okay, I really, first of all, to be quite honest with myself or with you, I didn't love the work that I was doing. So I thought there has to be a better way. I want to get back to doing public relations things, copywriting, um, things that have a, a creative bent to it. Um, I really enjoyed that. I love the connectability client-facing role. I love being with clients. I like um, servicing them. I'm a service-oriented person. Obviously, I'm a people pleaser. Of course, I'm great at service. (laughs) Of course, I am. So that's what I really thought. Well, I'll try to make a go of it. Now, again, here's another wound, that unexpected blow that I didn't see coming. Excuse me. It's taking a hit on my confidence. Um, I'm making money, and then suddenly I'm not making money. So what do you think that was doing at home? My husband, once again, with the expectation of, here I have income, you know, a dual income. Now I don't. It's back to just my income again. So I couldn't let that happen. So I quickly put together, you know, a couple contracts to do some writing for some people that I knew were starting up businesses and do some marketing and do all of that. And that was great because we got them up and running and I was able to, you know, make very uneven and sporadic income. So that always helped offset the relationship thing part of it. But secretly, I always know and knew that there is an expectation on me from from home, like, will you just get it together? Okay. Will you either provide income or, or go somewhere that is just a regular job? If you can't, if you're freaking out in all of these other, you know, big time jobs, then why don't you just do something that, you know, I, I, there's not much onus on me, like get something that's not a professional job or whatever. So I had that secret expectation on me from, from, you know, my, my marriage, like, will you please be a stable either provider or, you know, not a provider, but just an income source because every little bit helps when you have three kids who are very active and very busy and in all kinds of sports and wanting to do all these teams. And, you know, it really does help to have two incomes and not just one, right? Because it's, it can get very expensive. Now, the one thing I did bring to the table is I had a lot of flexibility. So there was some value in that, that um, I could be able to offset some of the other things that um, maybe two working parents wouldn't be able to do. So I had some flexibility that were good intangibles now that I was staying back home again. But it has just left its mark. So there's always been this unmet expectation that I'm not holding up my end of the marriage bargain because I am so in and out with my um helping with the family. Do you know what I mean? Or that's how I feel. And even though only at times is that admitted to me, it's, it's a real situation. So there's probably a lot of people like me who have maybe not my exact experience, but similar experience that in relationship, you're both meant to, you know, hold up a certain end of the bargain. And when you're trying to be mom extraordinaire, and then also trying to be, I'm this great um, career woman, and you want to feel good about yourself, me, the person, not me, the mom, not me, the wife, but me, the person, the woman, 
living the life that I was meant to be. Because the jobs that I had had up to that point, while parts of them were very exciting and I, I liked because it was using some of my innate skills, my intangible skills with writing and with um, connectivity with clients and some of the things that I really enjoyed, they were things that I was getting paid for. But a purpose is what you're made for. So let me say that again. A job is what you are paid for. But a purpose is what you are made for. So while this was a rocky road, lots of ups and downs and failures and successes, and most of them, not all of them, brought on by my paralysis of analysis being the lifetime people pleaser, it has not served me well in a lot of situations. However, That being said, it had purpose because it really took all of these ups and downs to be able to clear the path and provide some clarity once my big awakening happened where I had the aha moment and took a real hard look at myself you know, because it's easy to like blame everybody else or blame everything else. But at the end of the day, when you've got a problem, you better just look in the mirror, honey, because it's not everybody else. It's you. And it's not that you are a problem. It's that you're not recognizing your own contributions to your problem and the patterns. Oh yes, the patterns. People pleasing patterns. People pleasing paralysis, people pleasing paradigm, whatever you want to call it, it all has everything to do with patterns. And so that was my pattern. And then you will also see when I list this story on Instagram and possibly on LinkedIn, the day it all changed. I'm going to show you a picture of the very day that I had the lightning bolt awakening moment where my people pleasing had just absolutely destroyed my confidence and had wrecked my my like internal barometer of happiness that I'm the one who created it. I did it to myself. I did it. But I'm going to show you that picture because I always think it's interesting when people tell their story and they say, two hours after this picture was taken is when it all changed. But that was me. But it was probably like two hours before this picture was taken that I realized that my life was broken and I had better act quickly to find out what was wrong with me because there's always something off with you. I'm not going to say it was wrong that I was a people pleaser because I didn't ask to be born that way (laughs) with those genetics, but I certainly do have control over the effects of relationships that may or may not be more taxing on me that I have allowed to just run roughshod over me and I've allowed myself to feel less than because people do things or say things that may or may not even be true. And I just, you know, I have allowed them to go, oh, well, that means I wasn't perfect and I failed. And, you know, I'm not good at anything. And, you know, here comes the self-talk. Even though you don't necessarily say that, your subconscious is processing in that way. But I had no idea 
about subconscious and that your mind, the patterns of thoughts of your mind is what controls your life and controls your outcomes and controls where you go with your life and the decisions that you make with them and ultimately your results. So I didn't know this, but this picture was taken on my birthday in, oh gosh, he would be so mad, but my husband again is part of this story. Um, my, it was a birthday that I was like, I was just feeling so broken because I had another situation with a job that just didn't go right. It was a contract job this time, but still it was like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing, I'm kind of out of my league in this particular job that I had. I could handle like the PR part of it, but then you started to throw me into some of this extra creativity stuff. And I just, I was like, okay, I might be out of my swim lane here. So I cut and ran again. And this happened. This picture was taken right after I cut and ran from that job. And then here comes my birthday. It was taken on my birthday. And my birthday was forgotten by my husband and by my kids, but I didn't really necessarily expect them to remember because sometimes when they're younger, they don't really think about mom's birthday being a big deal until they find out it's your birthday. Then of course, oh yay, I want to make you cards and, and all that. But I didn't bother telling anybody it was my birthday. And so because I didn't drop hints or do any reminding, it was just forgotten. And, um, yeah, my husband was gone, was out with friends that night golfing and, and I was like, okay, so here I am. So I just rounded up my kids and we went out to dinner and then I told them at dinner, well, actually it's my birthday today. So I just kind of don't feel like cooking. And of course they felt horrible. I wasn't trying to make them feel horrible. Um, I just felt horrible, but I said, will you take a picture? I asked my daughter if she would take a picture of me, um, because they brought me out like a little birthday cake because I think my daughter said it's my mom's birthday you know or whatever and I you know how restaurants will bring you a piece of pie or cake or whatever and so they they put a um candle on it and so they sang happy birthday and my daughter took a picture of me and while I was smiling on the outside just like that meme picture that I told you Remember that picture I told you was on my Instagram where I was, you know, the many faces of people pleaser. I was smiling and looked happy inside. I was crushed, empty, devastated, torn to pieces. So no confidence, just devastated because I had created this whole situation to a certain degree for myself. And this rejection pattern and the self-defeating pattern just continued. And it was, it's a, it, you know what, it's a hard picture for me to look at because I attach the emotions that I was feeling to that picture. And I understand what was going on behind the scenes, but you never can tell what's going on in people's hearts, even if they're smiling. And so especially us, check on your people, please, and friends, because I guarantee you, even when they tell you everything's great, everything is not great. <laughs> everything is not great. They just don't want to burden you with their problems. Uh-huh. We are fine being burdened by other people's problems because I love to have a good heart-to-heart. -heart. I'm down with a good heart-to-heart -heart all the time. Why did I go into life coaching? I'm great at it. 
okay? So I, that, that comes later on in the story and in the saga. We'll do that on another episode. That's how I found my purpose, but I didn't know that when that picture was taken, okay? So I'm going to end it from that picture, and then the next series or the next you know episode, I'll pick it up from when that picture was taken and how I connected with my purpose. But all of you moms or dads or whoever out there who have tried to straddle that line between being an awesome you know, um, mom or parent and just putting everything you can in that, knowing you're shaping these little humans into the life that they're going to eventually have. You're getting them ready for it and you're building character. That is such an important job. Be all in with that. But don't forget yourself. Don't forget you. I forgot to work on myself. I forgot to develop myself. I forgot to put myself as a priority and have enough confidence to stand up for myself and say, it's all right if things weren't perfect, so I don't need to run away every time I'm not perfect at something. I don't need to run for cover. I need to stay in the ring and address it or else I will never change. I will be in that same pattern, in that same rut until the day that I die. I just couldn't bear it. I could not bear never evolving, never challenging myself, never trying new things on purpose with the possibility that I might fail instead of, oh my God, I hope I don't fail. Oh no. And then the very thing that I feared, I brought it right into me. And that's exactly what continued to happen and to happen and to happen and to happen because I couldn't bear making anyone else uncomfortable and least of all, making myself uncomfortable. And then I bore the scars for it. So we're going to talk the next episode of picking it up from there, but how to resolve the people-pleasing conundrum because I'm going to tell you what, it is it is all-encompassing, and your life will change completely once you start to get under the surface of why you are always giving yourself away to everyone else and never take enough time or enough value in your own life to really intentionally grow yourself instead of letting life beat you up and absorbing everyone else's thoughts and opinions as if they are true because they're only true if you tell yourself that they're true and if you agree that yes I am less than I wasn't perfect I'm less than so that means I'm a failure you know a to z just all right there and there's no in between somehow and it's ridiculous and I hate to even share this story because it's so ridiculous I it's hard to believe that I was this ridiculous it's shameful that I went excuse me went that long and was so ridiculous, but I was. So anyway, um, I will pick it up from there. And then we're going to talk to other, I'm going to be bringing into other moms and, and even dads who have had to make some tough decisions and had to grow themselves in uncomfortable situations and take risks that were uncomfortable. Okay, especially in this same vein, the people pleasing. I want to talk to people pleasers out there because I want to know their journey and how they came out of it and how do they even understood that that's what their problem was. So I think it's such a valuable thing to be able to share the stories with each other so that we can all grow 
together and bring our awareness up on these small issues that if we would just adjust them, our life could completely transform. I feel like mine has done this. It's amazing. It's completely amazing. I can't wait to talk to you. And I know this was a very raw and truthful episode, but it's my story and I'm sticking to it. So anyway, everyone have a great weekend because now I'm going into the weekend here. So I don't know when you listen to this, what your situation is going to be, but do a little self-discovery here. Take a good, hard look at yourself and see where things have gone off the rails. And instead of pointing the fingers at everyone else, you might want to look in the mirror and take a look at yourself because there's a pretty strong chance that you had something to do with it, which is actually good news because that means it's not out of your hands to change. You get to change it. So, all right, love to you all. I will be talking to you soon and take care until next time.